I want to first thank God for this glorious opportunity. Thank my brother, Dr. Howard <laughs> and Logan, uh, my son, <laughs> uh, for this wonderful opportunity to serve all of us. He asked me how to introduce me, and uh, I didn't know where to start and where to end. I was born a Muslim, and I was not just a nominal Muslim, I was a practicing Muslim, and I was called Muhammadu, and do all kinds of things with Muslims. <laughs> 1969, went through America, but it's very famous in UK and in Europe. I came to know the Lord Jesus. I became a Presbyterian. I was baptized into the Presbyterian Church uh, back in Ghana in a city called Kumasi. And then both of us received the call in the Baptist uh, Church, <laughs> very much like Billy Graham, who was a Presbyterian and then received the call to serve in the Baptist fraternity. And uh, from then on, we've been serving the Lord graciously until now. I thank you again for the opportunity to serve us all. Father, even as I open your script, the word of God and read and minister your word to your people, I pray, Lord Holy Spirit, that you take absolute control. Be healed, Lord, in the person of your Holy Spirit, using me as a vessel to bless your church, cause your word to come forth with power and with conviction, cause it to God to come and position us to serve thy cause, O Lord. One fellowship that, Lord, Bethel and I have received since my joining them here. Papa, I pray that your word will come and will to serve as a blessing, even in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to take a spot of reading even though I know from 1 Corinthians in chapter number 13 and verse 4, the topic is love is kind. I want us to read what is also here in 1 John chapter 3, verse 14 to verse number 18 as a prelude to the message that I believe the Lord want me to deliver today. 1 John, chapter number 3, I read from verse 14. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brethren. He who does not love, he who does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has the wealth goods and sees his brother or sister in need and closes his heart 
against him or her, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and in truth. The word of God. Beloved in the Lord Jesus, last week, Dr. Howard talked about a gentleman called Dr. Robertson McQuicken. Dr. Robertson McQuicken was my professor and taught me biblical ethics in Columbia International University. When I was a student there from 1991 to 1996, from where I did both my master's degree and my doctoral program. Indeed, he said everything about him that was true. <laughs> and it was during my tenure whilst there that he went through the experiences that he enumerated to us last week. In his book, Biblical Ethics, he wrote this. He said, biblical concept of love have both internal and external elements. He alluded to that last week. And then he said, love is, as a noun, may indicate particular kind of feeling. But it is also a verb which emphasizes on how we should behave. The internal aspect of love, he says, focuses on emotion, disposition, and motive. The external aspect of, uh, of love focuses on volition, choices, actions, and a way of love, a way of life. God's kind of love, according to him then, is not a sometime thing, tentative or sclerotic. It does not run out. It is permanent. The definition of love that emerges out of all of this then, according to Dr. McQuicken, is that it's an affection or a desire for the welfare, and underscore that, for the welfare of another that moves to a commitment to act in the person's behalf, whether or not the person deserves it or reciprocates. Now, let me take that again for us. It says, love is an affection or a desire for the welfare of another that moves to a commitment to act in the person's behalf, whether or not the person deserves it or reciprocates. So whether or not somebody does you good or not, or loves you or not, you must love. And that is the wisdom in Jesus saying, therefore, you must love your enemies. Now, upon receiving the invitation from Logan to preach, I noticed the topic simply said, 
love is kind. And the test was, of course, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4b. I therefore sought to find the definitions of kind or kindness or being kind. Now, this is what I found. Kindness is being a selfless, caring, and compassionate and unconditionally kind. For example, we share love with others through kind acts, such as a nice word, an unexpected deed, or a planned surprise. That is kindness. Then I found the, the definition for a kind person to be people who are generous, helpful, and who think of other people's feelings. So a kind person is generous, is helpful, and he thinks of other people. He's not always egocentric. He's not only thinking about, what about me? Now, if we juxtapose these definitions with that of Dr. McQuicken's definition of love, we notice that being kind in the Bible is one's ultimate expression of love, the love of God. Being kind is one's, your, my ultimate expression of love of God towards people. Kindness. And I'll come to back later. And then also, if I, I, I found out that if you just oppose the two definitions, you notice that, number one, kindness is demonstrated. Kindness is demonstrated. If you are kind, you must demonstrate it to people. Kindness is seen. You can't be kind and hide it. Kindness is seen. If you reach out to people who are needy, it's a scene. Kindness is felt and benefited from people who we show kindness to. So kindness is demonstrated, kindness is seen, and kindness is felt and benefited from. Now let's take them one by one and try to expatiate and understand what I mean by kindness is demonstrated, kindness is seen, and kindness is felt and benefited from. For example, talking about the kindness of God in demonstration. In John 3, 16, we read that, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, you notice that man, fallen human being, whose ultimate end ought to be death, and when we talk of death in the Bible, we're talking about spiritual death, which happened in the Garden of Eden. We're talking about physical death that happens when the spirit of a man leaves this casket, this body, and then goes to God. Now, as is explained in Ecclesiastes in chapter number 12 and verse 7, when, when, we, when we die, according to Solomon, the spirit leaves and goes to him who gave it, and the body goes back to the dust 
where it belongs. But then there's a third form of death, which according to Revelation chapter 20, when a person dies, according to Hebrews and chapter number 9, it says, what? it is appointed unto man once to die, and thereafter judgment. So if a person dies and he stands before the judgment throne of God, and the person's name is not found in the Lamb's book of life, the Bible says that a person is cast into the lake of fire, and that is the second death. So we, we die spiritually, we die physically, and then we die eternally in hell's fire. But you see, God so loved humankind that he made in his image and according to his likeness that he demonstrated this love by giving of his only begotten son. And so that anybody who is spiritually dead and ought to have life eternal so that at the judgment throne of God, the person will not be found wanting and cast into the lake of fire, but be in glory with God. The Bible says that this person that God has so loved by his demonstration of love will be exonerated from hell fire. Now that is classically, you know, uh, especiated for us here in John 3, 16. God loved and so gave. He demonstrated his love by his giving. Now, Jesus also loved. He loved us. And he says in John chapter number 15, verse 13, that, that no, one, no one can love. Huh? Greater love has no one than this. That one lays down his life for his friends. And indeed, when he said that, he, he, he actually demonstrated it. He demonstrated it. We learn also from Romans 5, 8, what he did for us when we read that Jesus demonstrated his kindness and love to us that while we were yet sinners, Romans 5, 8, he did not resist, he did not insist on his equality with God in heaven, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself taking the form of a bound servant and being made in the likeness of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on Calvary's cross to redeem lost humanity. He demonstrated his love by living his domain in heaven with the Father. Volitionally, on his own accord, and came down and the creator became a creature took the form of a man and then hung on the cross for us. He demonstrated his love for us. Dearly beloved in the Lord Jesus, just as God so loved us by giving us of his only begotten son, just as Jesus loved us by giving of himself, the Bible says we ought to also love and demonstrate the kindness of God just as the Father has demonstrated it, just as the Son has demonstrated. It is possible for us to be able to so love because, you know, the Bible says in Romans 5, 5, that the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So that which takes God to love, his love, that which makes him show kindness, his love, that which takes Jesus to love, that which takes Jesus' you know, uh, kindness, demonstration of his kindness has been given to us. We have no excuse as children of God not to be kind. 
not to love. We have, the, we have the Spirit of God. We have the love of God poured into our hearts by the Spirit of God. And therefore, we ought to be able to also demonstrate the love of God. We ought to be able to demonstrate the love of God. Because Jesus commands us, says, just as I have loved you, you go out and so love. Now, how do we love? How do we demonstrate the love of God? I took it in the spot of reading, the first reading that I did. In 1 John 3, 16 and 17, it says, We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. For whoever has the world good and sees his brother or sister in need and closes his heart against him or her, how does the love of God abide in him? Prove your love of others by your kind deeds to them. I'll come to it because as I come to the conclusion, I'll refer something that is in this book, which by the grace of God, I authored the 10th book that I've written, uh, Human Diversity in the Kingdom of God. I tell us about the importance of God's love and his kindness. Now let's address the topic, kindness is seen. Beloved in the Lord Jesus, kindness is seen. Kindness is seen in that when Jesus was trying to explain to Nicodemus, an eminent Pharisee, about the need to be born again, and telling him about the, 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 the issue of being born again and therefore being able to now see the kingdom and enter into the kingdom and he was having difficulty Jesus says probably you need to see what I'm talking about so he, he referred to him something that happened in the book of Numbers chapter 21 in Numbers chapter 21 we are told about the fact that when Moses was leading the people of Israel out from Egypt into the promised land. They came to a point where the people spoke against God and Moses. Hey, why have you brought us up, up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water. And we loathe this miserable food. Manna, they referred it. The food of angels, they referred it as miserable. Then let's see what happened. The Lord sent very serpents among the people. And they bit the people so that many people, many, many people of Israel died. So the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned because we have spoken against the Lord and you. Intercede with the Lord that we may remove, that he may remove the serpents from us. And Moses interceded for the people. But you know something? God did not remove the snakes. <laughs> then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fairy serpent and set it, set it on a standard. And it shall come about that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, he will live. And Moses made a, a bronze serpent and set it on the standard. And it came about that if a serpent bit any man, when he looked to the bronze serpent, he lived. <laughs> Beloved, what are we talking about here? Jesus says to Nicodemus, Jesus says to the Nicodemus that you see, by the same token, 
Nico, by the same token, I'm telling you that <laughs> in, in, in John 3, 14, by the same token, it says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up so that whoever believes in him, whoever believes in him would have eternal life. So, if you are not understanding what I'm telling you, I want you to see. Did you see what happened in the wilderness? As the serpent of bronze was lifted up, as many as were bitten, who believed that indeed God, who they have sinned again, has set it up and they looked up because God said so and they lived, the son of man will be lifted up. As many as will believe in him, even though they have sinned and deserve to die eternally, they will have eternal life. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful scenery. Beautiful. Beautiful. Now, did you know that, by the way, did you know that as a result of this story in Numbers, the symbols of doctors is a snake around a pole? Did you know that this, this, the symbol of pharmacists, the people who give us medication for treatment, is two snakes around a pole? This is where it is coming from. That's how the, the serpent was lifted up. So the son of man is our ultimate healer. It's our ultimate savior. Hallelujah. <laughs> so God's kindness is seen. And it was shown up there. It was shown up there on Calvary's cross. Now Jesus, we are, we are told, you know, demonstrated or showed a lot of kindness. So in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, the Bible says that he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good. Now one of such good that Jesus did that touches my heart very much. That touches my heart very much. Was the goodness he demonstrated to this poor lady in Luke's gospel in chapter number 7 and verse number 11 to number 17. He enters a village. Now, let me read it. Now, soon afterwards, he went to a city called Nair. And the disciples were going along with him, accompanied by a large crowd. Now, as he approached the gate of the city, a dead man was being carried out. The only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a sizable crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he felt compassion for her and said to her, do not weep. And he came up and touched the coffin. And the bearers came to a halt. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up. And he gave, and he began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Oh, what act of kindness. Oh, what an act of kindness. A broken widow. Broken, completely shattered. Her life was come to an end. Her husband is gone and only son is dead. And now her life was like hopeless. And Jesus draws near. Beloved, let me tell you, our Lord Jesus is still drawing near to you. And he's saying to you, do not weep. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Whatever they need is, like Logan is saying, 
let's take it to God in prayer. What a friend we have in Jesus. And he demonstrated, showed us the kindness of God by the giving back of this poor widow's son to her. Dearly beloved, we are to make our kindness seen as also demonstrated in the story of the Good Samaritan. You know the story of the Good Samaritan? Man who was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. You know, anytime Jesus talks about a story, he says, he tells a story and mentions names like Jerusalem, Jericho, like Abraham, Richman, and Lazarus. They are not parables. They are real stories. So this man actually fell into the arms of robbers, was beaten up and was robbed completely, wounded. The priest was passing by and took another course when he saw him. The Levites, the same. So we pastors and deacons, let's be careful. Sometimes in our thinking that we are too busy for whatever, we may not be showing the love of God and the kindness of God to people. Like that poor Samaritan probably didn't even know the Lord. Saw him and went to his assistance. And bound his wounds. Put oil and wine on his wounds. Took him to an inn and paid for the cost thereof. What kindness. Beloved, we are supposed to be doing same. And I'm saying that Dr. McQuicken says, the person ought not to reciprocate or even deserve it. The person ought not to be someone you know. Or someone you come from the same community with. Because every human being deserves the birth. I've been doing a ministry back in Ghana where we help destitute, prostitutes, and street kids, children who are loitering about without any parental care and therefore are vulnerable to society. I came to Canada to do a fundraising for some of these prostitutes. And a professor who was lecturing in one of the universities who was part of the group of people that I was addressing, said that, Do, don't I think that by helping the prostitutes and get, making them get whatever they need at the end of the training session after we have recruited them and, and do that, don't I think that we are enticing them by, by what people refer to as a rice evangelism? In other words, to do that, people come only because of what they can get. And I said, sir, with all due respect, Anybody who comes to the program, irrespective of their religious background, are welcome. But even if they do not accept the Lord Jesus, because they are made in the image and in the likeness of God, they deserve better. Every human being deserves better. When you walk about, I don't, I don't see them here in America, but go back to Africa and Asia. You see how people have been reduced to nothingness through the disease of sicknesses, of madness, insanity, and things like that. Anytime you see any such person, beloved, let your heart break for him or her. Satan has reduced people made in the image of God into nothingness. Show compassion as your master did. Show compassion. Kindness is felt and it is benefited from the kindness of God is felt. The Bible says in Romans 8 and verse 16 that our spirits and his spirit testify that we are children of God. I know it. 
the Bible says that, and these I have written to you who have believed, that you might know that you have eternal life and that you have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 John 5 and verse 12. Kindness is felt. I stand here today, I said I was born a Muslim. I would have been a Taliban. I would have been something else. But the joy of the Lord is flooding through my heart. Giving me a new identity. And I know my Lord Jesus. When my wife, my late wife died. <laughs> uh, the night before she died. Indeed she was so sick. In the month of July. When the doctors gave up on her. God told me that in the month of uh, uh, November, in August, God told me in November he will call her home. <laughs> so I told my children to get ready for it, that she was going to go to be with the Lord. The eve before her departure, which was a Sunday, I was praying at around 12 midnight, and I saw three angels. And when I saw them, I looked at them, and I was walking, pacing up and down our compound, and I saw the angels. And the Holy Spirit dropped in my heart that just as the angels bore Lazarus into the bosom of Abraham, they have come to take Maggie home. Beloved, that Sunday, I went to inaugurate a church for my son-in-law, who had become a pastor and had been given a church. We told her when we were leaving, my daughter and I, we came back Around 1.30, Maggie left us. And I knew she was going to go because God has shown her. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, God's love is felt. I, I, I know, therefore, where Maggie is. And I know where I would be. I know it <laughs> because I have a testimony within me. I have a testimony within me. I, who once was not a person, we who were not a people have now become a people. We who once knew no mercy have now found mercy. We know it. We know it. God's kindness is felt and benefited from. And Jesus, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus saw this woman and she, he knew it all the time. But the woman, he was waiting for it to happen. And this woman had been, you know, suffering from hemorrhage, the flow of blood for 12 years. She was seen, Mark tells us that doctors had taken everything from her and yet she was not being healed. And then she saw Jesus passing and he said to herself, if only Baba can touch him. So he, she went behind the people and touched Jesus. And touched Jesus. Verse 29 of the story in Mark 5 says, immediately the flow of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Hallelujah. She felt in her body. Beloved, I'm telling you in the name of the Lord Jesus, our Lord is still in that business of working miracles day after day. Just simply believe in him. Believe in him. He hasn't changed. And that is why we ask for people to submit their names and their requests for us to pray for them. Because we believe that just as he healed this lady, that the, the love of God is felt. You, you know, when, when, when the, our Lord was crucified, there were two uh, robbers, one on his right, one on his left. 
One was mocking him and the other was said, come, come on. Don't you fear God? We deserve what we are receiving. This is a holy child of God. And then he says, sir, remember me in your kingdom. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. The love of God is felt. And that day, he found himself there because our Lord said so. The love of God is felt. And we should endeavor and do well to make the love of God real in our lives. Beloved, I want to read these scriptures. This is important. In the first reading that I, I did, in verse number 18, did you hear carefully? It says, little children, do not love with words or with tongue, but in deed and in truth. Let our love not just be in words, but also, also with just our tongue, but in truth. In truth, in Romans and chapter number 12, he talks about hypocritical love. Romans chapter number 12 and verse number 9, he, he cautions us. He says that, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. You know, do not pretend to be loving. Do not do something to demonstrate that you love. And behind the scene, you say all kinds of things about the same person that you claimed you love. You are being a hypocrite. There's a lot of hypocrisy in the system. That is why our God was almost like hamstrings, unable to reach out. Because his people that he has positioned in so that through them he would demonstrate his love to lost humanity by being hypocrites. You say one thing, do different things. May the love of God flood our hearts and help us do what is right. Let me conclude. Now in this book I shared by the grace of God the Lord led me to write it and um, writing about love I said, and um, on page 23, what something that I want to just underscore when it comes to love and kindness. A spiritually born again believer must bear love as a fruit of the spirit, as proof of the person's kingdom citizenship. This love must manifest in several other ways like a diamond with different facets according to Galatians 5, 23. The passage reads, Galatians 5, 23 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Now, it is important to note that the fruit of the Spirit is just love. Love, one element and not nine, nine elements. The test is clear, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. It did not say but the fruits of the Spirit are 
However, the one fruit of the spirit, which is love, manifests in eight different manifestations. It manifests joy, which is love's strength. It manifests peace, which is love's security. It manifests patience, which is love's endurance. It manifests kindness, which is love's conduct. The conduct of love is kindness. It manifests kindness, which is love's conduct. It manifests goodness, which is love's character. It manifests faithfulness, which is love's confidence. It manifests gentleness, which is love's humility. And finally, it manifests self-control, which is love's victory. That is what it is. The fruit of the spirit is love. And then it manifests like a diamond. It shines through glitters. But where is your kindness? Where is your goodness? Where is your patience? Where? These are manifestations of the one fruit of love in your heart. As our father and his son exhibited here on earth before us. May the Lord help us. See us through. Enable us to love as he loved. Shall we pray? Our Father in heaven, we want to thank you for your word. We pray thanking you, O Lord, that you are the God of love. And indeed, you have loved us with an everlasting love. That is the new covenant love. Where, O Lord, you gave of yourself. And therefore, we are known to be the children of God. May you help us not to hypocritically live as Christians, but to truly live as children of God who are serving the cause of your kingdom even in Jesus' name. Amen.